Thanks for checking out the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau brings his cabinet to Hamilton, a renewed call to make migrant workers become permanent residents. Hamilton's airport is still in expansion mode. More pain from the Bank of Canada is on the way. And we chat with Hamilton's Sarah Nurse about an Olympic recruitment program. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. Liberal cabinet retreat is underway in Hamilton as the Prime Minister and his inner circle discuss how to tackle our country's biggest issues. You know what they are, health care, jobs, the cost of living, the environment, throw that in there as well. Pleased to be joined by the Right Honourable Prime Minister Justin Trudeau here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Prime Minister, how are you today? I'm doing very well, Rick. I'm uh, glad to be back in Hamilton. It's an opportunity to, uh, as you say, gather uh, gather ministers and government together and talk about the big challenges we're facing uh, in a place that uh, uh, that is both emblematic of some of those challenges with people working hard and trying to build a better future for themselves and their community, uh, but also seizing some exciting opportunities for the future. And that, uh, that forward-looking approach is what we're, uh, we're all about. Yeah, you could have chosen any city in this great country for this retreat. Why Hamilton? Uh, you know what? The the recent conversations we've been having uh, in, about Hamilton and, and with Hamilton have been uh, really exciting. Uh, whether it was the the Dofasco investment that is going to uh, uh, you know transform the future of steel making and ensure that there'll be uh, eight generations of steel workers uh, coming out of Hamilton, uh, or the work that we're doing with labor, uh, the, you know the, the the strength of the union connections in Hamilton and the work that they've done with our government uh, is really really important for how we build good jobs into the future. So so there's uh, lots going on in Hamilton and making sure that uh, our ministers from across the country uh, uh, get connected to this place that so much is happening is really important. Let's get to one of the big uh, topics in our land. That would be the health care crisis. Word is a new health care deal with the provinces is said to be close. How close are the provincial governments and the federal governments uh, getting on a new deal? Well, I think there's a recognition by all of us that uh, Canadians need uh, better health care. They need better services. They need more access to family doctors. They need better help uh, with uh, uh, with uh, mental health supports in a timely manner, uh, clearing backlogs, all those sorts of things. So these, uh, this uh, accord that we're working on with the premiers uh, is all about you know, the medium term and the long term, making sure that our healthcare system learns from the challenges of the pandemic in the past few years and is going to be strong for uh, for uh, years and, and decades to come. The, the challenges and pressures that, that are faced right now with families and hospitals, uh, those are things that the provinces have to deal with and are, are dealing with right now. We're happy to be, be there to support in, in various ways, uh, but that the uh, accords we're working on are really about the future of healthcare. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. He and the Liberal Cabinets are holding a retreat in Hamilton this week. Still with health care, Ontario Premier Doug Ford has said that he wants one deal for all the provinces. Is that feasible? Um, well, I think all provinces have, have different uh, different challenges as we all try to reach the same thing. We want to make sure that every Canadian has access to high-quality public health care uh, across the country, the kinds of universal services that are necessary. How different provinces deliver that? I mean, maybe uh, one province is doing a lot better on people's access to family doctors than another. Uh, maybe one uh, province needs more help uh, with, uh, with mental health uh, investments than others. So 
you know, because we have 13 different healthcare systems across the country, it's going to be important, yes, to have an overall you know, agreement that works for everyone, but also uh, agreements that reflect the priorities and the, and the needs of every province. So we're, we're looking at doing uh, both of those things at the same time. Another heavy-hitting topic is uh, the rising cost of living, whether it's house prices that have gone up, rental rates through the roof, uh, the cost to buy food has gone up, as you know. Canadians are really struggling, and they're wondering, what's the plan? So, Mr. Prime Minister, what is the plan? Well, first of all, we've, we've seen it. I mean, people, are, people are hurting, you're mentioning groceries, uh, rent, uh, challenges to, to, uh, to family budgets. This is a real issue. And quite frankly, uh, the bad news is we know that the global economy is heading for some rough waters in the coming months. So that's going to have an impact on Canadians. But what, what we also uh, know is that we're going into these troubled waters with one of the strongest balance sheets of any uh, of our, our uh, allied countries. Uh, we're, we're the best in the G7 in terms of deficit, uh, and we're doing really, really well. So we're going to be able to do what we did in the fall and be there to support people. We, uh, we were giving extra money for uh, low-income renters. Uh, we uh, signed a deal to move forward on, on uh, rental, sorry, on dental care uh, for uh, kids that uh, are in families that can't, uh, can't access dental care. These are the kinds of things that are making a difference on top of a GST uh, top up that's doubled it for six months. There are lots of things we can do in targeted support that's going to help families who need it while not adding to the inflation crisis that is uh, that is continuing to be a challenge. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau as we discuss uh, some of the hot topics that are being bandied about at the Liberal Cabinet Retreat this week in Hamilton. The supply and confidence agreement that you have with the NDP, it's until 2025. Number one, is is it going as you had hoped, and are you confident it will last the rest of this year and next? Uh, it is going extremely well. I mean, what uh, the reason we came together was because of a recognition uh, that here's an opportunity to demonstrate that progressive governments can really deliver for Canadians, and that's that's what both the NDP wants, and that's certainly what our government wants, and that's why we're able to work together. We're we're delivering things that matter uh, to families, and we're investing in the kind of jobs and growth that that are making a difference. I don't think any Canadian wants to see us plunge back into an election, and I'm very much focused on on continuing to deliver. And I think that as long as we're able to actually be there to create jobs, to create uh, a stable and an ambitious future for Canadians, and not just for some Canadians, but for all Canadians, making sure that they're good blue-collar jobs into the future, making sure that even with all the transformations going on in so many different injuries, uh, industries, there is a, a confidence in the future that Canadians can feel in the communities across the country. That's what we're working on delivering, and uh, that's what we're able to deliver. And as long as we're doing that, there that we're going to continue to be able to govern together. One of the key items on the NDP wish list is a national pharmacare program. Is that in the offing? Can we see that on the horizon? We're going to continue to make sure we're bringing down the costs of, uh, of drugs for Canadians. We've done a lot of work over the past years in reducing uh, the high cost of drugs. We've, we've moved forward on targeted programs uh, that go at the uh, high cost uh, rare disease drugs, 
Uh, and we're going to continue. We make commitments to continue to work on, on that, and we're going to continue. But uh, there's a lot of things that Canadians uh, uh, need from their government, and we're going to continue to work on delivering as many of them as we can. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in discussion with the Right Honourable Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, as we talk about some of the hot topics in our nation. Uh, President Joe Biden is going to visit Canada for the first time this coming March. Uh, do you have anything on the agenda right now? What do you want to make a priority? Uh, we're we're going to continue talking about how there is such an advantage in North America working in aligned and complementary ways to compete with the world. And we're seeing uh, disruptions in global supply chains, whether it's out of China, whether it's uh, uh, with Russia as an unreliable supplier of energy to the world and other critical minerals in the world. Um, we know that Canada and North America have a huge opportunity to step up, and what we're what we're very much focused on uh, with uh, with President Biden is uh, making sure that they see the value of the ecosystem working with uh, Canada and uh, and the United States together. I know you're not a big fan of Buy American, nor are many businesses in this uh, country. Can you sympathize with why he wants it, or why many Americans want it? Um, well, it's it's an easy thing to sell politically. What uh, what both uh, President Trump, when he was around, uh, and and to a certain extent the Democrats are running into is uh, it's a nice idea on paper, but when they actually discover how many of uh, the American jobs and industries are already deeply integrated with the Canadian economy, uh, they realize. Uh, sometimes they're shooting themselves in the foot. That's how we were able to renegotiate an even better deal with the new NAFTA uh, against President Trump, who'd writ- who'd uh, threatened to rip it up, uh, rip it up, because the integration of the work already being done together by Canadians and Americans uh, means that uh, it's hard to get uh, protectionistic uh, towards Canada. They can try, uh, but it ends up hurting them. And that's that's the emphasis that I've always put with the American administration, and that's why we've uh, continued to be able to. You know, create uh, great opportunities in steel, in in produce, in, uh, in manufacturing, uh, and we'll continue to stand against bioenergy. We're in discussion and have a few more minutes with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. I'd like to ask you about the invasion of Ukraine, the first anniversary of which is fast approaching. Just your sense and in, in, in what's uh, in your mind in terms of how the Ukrainians are battling and how uh, NATO allies have come together to help that nation. Well, I mean, that's that's really the story. Just a terrible miscalculation uh, that uh, Putin made in making two very fundamental mistakes. One, of course, was underestimating Ukrainians. Uh, the, the valor, the courage, the, the, the strength of Ukrainians in standing up to defend not just their territory and their sovereignty, but the very principles that underpin our democracies around the world uh, is something that has really uh, caught uh, caught the Russians by surprise. But the second thing that really surprised the Russians is just uh, how uh, steadfast the allies are, all of us are, across Europe and North America and around the world, uh, in standing against this violation of the UN Charter, this uh, illegal invasion of, uh, of a peaceful neighbor. Uh, it is it is a surprise to Putin that we are standing as strongly as we are, and that's uh, one of the reasons why it's so important that Ukraine wins, uh, that Russia does not see, or that anyone around the world uh, suddenly sees that, oh, this is a good thing we should do, we should just invade our neighbor because we've got a bigger army. Uh, people have to see that that will never pay off, that's never a good idea, and that's how we end up guaranteeing the kind of uh, peace and stability and, and prosperity 
uh, that the world has benefited from for close to seven decades. Is Canada willing to offer even more support, either monetarily or through military equipment? Uh, absolutely. We've we've done uh, done huge amounts the other country uh, proportionately, uh, but we're going to continue uh, continue to step up uh, with more military aid, more financial and economic aid, more humanitarian aid. Uh, we're going to be continue to be there in all the ways we can help uh, as long as Ukraine needs. I know we're pressed for time. If you can allow me to ask you one more question. I know you're a big Montreal Canadiens sure. fan. I know I'm not sure how much hockey you get to watch on a day-to-day basis, but as you know, Montreal's not doing so well. But they're in the running potentially for Connor Bedard, who's the next phenom of the National Hockey League. Do you want, Mr. Prime Minister, do you want the Montreal Canadiens to tank the rest of the way to try to get Connor Bedard? <laughs> no, I don't ever want people to uh, uh, to, uh, to 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 throw games. I think uh, uh, there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities for uh, for uh, the Habs to play well uh, between now and the end of the season. Uh, but man, oh man, Bedard impressed us all so much. Uh, and uh, we would love to we would love to have him on board. Wherever he lands, that will be a much better hockey team. That is for sure. Prime Minister, thank you for your time <laughs> today, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week here in Hamilton. Will do, Rick. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Putting my life in danger out there when the Canadians stayed home because then they qualified for emergency insurance, which most of the immigrants did not qualify for. And now that the pandemic is almost over, we're being sent out. That's the voice of Florence Gerald, a woman who came to Canada from Kenya in 2019 and is now facing deportation after working on the front lines during the pandemic. She participated in a rally yesterday outside the Hamilton Convention Center where there was a couple of hundred people gathered in support of migrant workers. Sayed Hussain is an executive director with the Migrant Workers Alliance for Change and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Sayed, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Tell us about the purpose of yesterday's rally outside the convention center. What message are you trying to get to the federal government? So yesterday we're outside the cabinet retreat where um, Prime Minister Trudeau and all ministers are meeting uh, to uh, remind them and to support them uh, in creating a regularization program. A regularization program is a program through which all undocumented people in the country and their families will be given permanent resident status without exclusions and caps. This is something that the Prime Minister promised in December of 2021, a year ago, and we understand that they are going to be deciding on this, uh, in principle at least, at this retreat. So we're out there supporting them in creating a program that leaves no one out. How many migrant workers would benefit from this regularization program, and what impact will it have on their lives? We're talking about over half a million people. So there's over half a million people in the country without any work authorization, study authorization, or refugee claims. These are people who came here with those permits, and they were expired, and the government did not allow them to renew it. And they were forced to live in Canada because they could not return to a place where they may not have be able to find jobs or were facing war or discrimination, and because they built communities in Canada. Now, without these, uh, without any immigration status, you are not able to speak up when your boss exploits you. You aren't able to get health care. You're separate from your family. Uh, you can't speak up when your landlord jacks you, right? It basically shuts you out, out of the basic rights that each and every one of us has. 
It's a real head scratcher because, you know, we just played some audio from Florence Gerald, one of the hundreds of people who were there at the convention center yesterday, and she worked throughout the pandemic as a personal support worker. She was also a, an HVAC technician as well. So, I mean, she's on the front lines, whether she's helping people in the healthcare setting or helping people, you know, fix their furnace or whatever the case is. And now she's being forced back to Kenya. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are people who live here, who work here who have um, clearly laid roots. I mean, Florence has been here three years. We know people uh, who were at the rally yesterday who've been here for 30 years without any immigration status, and it makes no sense. And that's why Prime Minister Trudeau already promised the creation of a regularization program. This is something that people have done all over the world. I mean, every almost every country in Europe has created a program. So it's the right thing to do. People, this is a failure of the immigration system. It can be easily fixed. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau already promised to do it. There's, you know, complete agreement on what should happen. The only thing is, when will it happen? And so we were out there because we know it's on the cabinet retreat agenda. We want them to make a decision for an uncapped and inclusive program. Uh, and they have to, you know, do a couple of more steps, but they just get it done. Uh, so that, you know, and, and the worst part is, absolutely, this program is coming. Why are deportations also taking place? I mean, there was another person, John Mulva, who's there, whose deportation was just stopped, actually. So why are people being deported when eventually they might all get papers? So we're saying at least stop deportations while this program is being implemented and implemented swiftly. Syed Hussan is the executive director of the Migrant Workers Alliance for Change and our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. I can hear some of our listeners thinking out loud saying, Syed, why don't these migrant workers just become Canadian citizens and the problems would be solved? Is it as easy as that? That's the problem. There's no way. There must be a new program for them to be able to apply because right now there's simply no way for you to get if you're a low-wage worker in this country, you basically have no path to permanent residency. There's very few exceptions that some people get through. But by and large, approximately 1.2 million people each year come to the country on work permits, study permits, as refugee claimants. And the vast majority who don't have high-paying jobs can't get papers uh, in the long term. And the reality is, when we think about COVID-19, when we think about a society, the people we call essential are all low-waged, Right. Um, and so that's the problem. We need a specific, unique pro- program to give these people papers, but we also need to fix the system so that more people don't continue to become undocumented, so that people who are in the lowest of wages, the most essential to our communities, do not continue to be excluded from permanent resident status, which means they're excluded from basic rights. Well said, and uh, I applaud your efforts, and let's hope we can get this uh, done because uh, we need to help these uh, these workers stay in this nation and contribute to the economy as they are doing. Said, we'll have to leave it there. Appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. That's Said Hussan, the Executive Director of the Migrant Workers Alliance for Change. Message sent, certainly, yesterday at this rally at the Hamilton Convention Center. The question is, will there be any action from the government on setting up this regulation program. I, I know this. Well, there's one I, one thing I don't know, and, that, and, and I don't understand, is the purpose of deporting these workers who are clearly, you know, um, in, in Florence's case, on the front lines in healthcare, where we need workers, and we're deport, deporting these individuals knowing that Canada wants to bring in tens of thousands of refugees over the next few years. The, the math doesn't make sense. They're here now. They're working. They're contributing. They're becoming members of the community. And we're going to boot them out. Now we'll bring in some other people.
they'll do the same job or maybe something different and we'll be okay. I don't know. It's a head scratcher for me. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Big announcement yesterday at the Hamilton airport. Building a stronger and more more resilient supply chain will in turn deliver affordable goods to Canadians faster, combat inflation, and build an economy that works for everyone. Federal Transport Minister Omar Al-Gabra announcing a $23.5 million investment in Hamilton's airport to cover half the cost of the airport's gateway expansion project over the next couple of years. Here to talk about it is Cole Horncastle, the Executive Managing Director at John C. Monroe Hamilton International Airport. Cole, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad. This is a lot of money about uh, about to come to the airport in terms of expanding what the airport is able to do. What's going to be the impact of this funding and this expansion project? Yeah, you know, it was a what a great day yesterday. Uh, you know, for for us all in Hamilton, for Canadians, you know, it was uh, definitely a, a proud moment for myself and I know my team to be. To be there when the announcement was made, uh, right in front of that uh, a great cargo jet aircraft, this this NTCF application was all about uh, reducing bottlenecks, uh, ensuring that our operators have uh, no operating constraints, um, and really solidifying that national trade corridor for all the Canadians that we that we use on a daily basis. And you know, this project will. Uh, do just that. It'll ensure we're ahead of our stakeholders' growth, um, which is expected to increase by not only size of aircraft, which larger aircraft on the way, but also increase by quantity of aircraft. Um, and we're lucky to have a, a great base of, of operators from our airport, um, including CargoJet, UPS, DHL, PureLater, and Canada Post. And you know, every everyone is is looking to grow. So this announcement here today will will really, or yesterday, sorry, will allow us to, with the main aspect of the project, increase uh, our, our cargo apron um, by over 32,000 meters squared of new pavement, which is which is incredible. To put that in perspective, uh, that's about six football fields worth wow. of pavement going down uh, at the airport uh, for new surfaces. So really good. Um, in terms of aircraft, that's about five new aircraft gates for a 767 or three 777 gates. Also in the project was, um, again, supporting, strengthening and modernizing the airfield to, again, support this new, uh, the new size of aircraft and as well the new capacity increases. We've got about 90 seconds. Obviously, there's been a massive increase in cargo activity at the airport, and that, that's going to continue to grow as we see this latest expansion project announced. Does that mean anything for passenger travel at Hamilton International? Well, it's, you know, I think... It, Whenever you have an investment in the airport, there's always ancillary benefits to other partners. And, uh, you know, this announcement was strictly driven by cargo, but increasing pavements will always have benefits to all users. And one of the added benefits here is that all of the new gates will have on-gate de-icing. So it just increases capacity throughout the airport, no matter what that demand is. So we could potentially see perhaps more passenger aircraft at the airport in the years to come? Well, we're always working on increasing uh, more options for our, our our passengers from Hamilton, and I think you can see, uh, you know, heading up into the pandemic, we were doing a really good job of that, almost hitting a million passengers. Um, and now, with the most recent announcement from Play Airlines coming in uh, in January here, that's going to be operating uh, European service to over twenty six destinations through through Iceland. Uh, you can see the commitment we have to increasing those options for our our passengers. Great things are happening in this community, and that is very much included at Hamilton International Airport. Cole, thank you for your time today. Congratulations and best of luck going forward.
Awesome. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. That's Cole Horncastle, the Executive Managing Director of Hamilton's International Airport. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Another kind of storm that is, well, it's been brewing for a while now, and that is high interest rates. And once again, tomorrow, we are expecting to hear the Bank of Canada say, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we have to tamp down inflation even more so. And we're going to raise interest rates for an eighth consecutive time. That's that's the feeling. That's the general consensus among economists out there is that another rate hike is on the way. The question is, one of many, will this be the last one? Please, and thank you very much. Brian Hogman is a principal broker and founder of Mission 35 Mortgages. He's also the author of How to Get Mortgage Free Really Effing Fast. Brian, good morning. How are you? Uh, living the dream, Rick. Living the dream. Please you know, with- <laughs> bring us some bring us some good news and say all these economists are wrong and we're not going to have another rate hike tomorrow. Well, I'd like to do that, but I don't want to be known as a complete liar. Rick, ah. so. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't do that today. It's <laughs> uh, it looks like that is the consensus. You nailed it on the head. A 0.25 increase, but uh, you know what? The good news I think could be. Uh, I always find a little bit of excitement when I read the narrative. Because they always will put out a little bit of a blurb about what they feel. The last time they raised the rates, they said, hey, we might sit on the sidelines. We're going to you know, discuss it in January. This time when they put up the quarter raise, it'll be really important to see what they say is next. So the last time uh, they uh, hiked interest rates, the inflation rate went down. I think it's at 6.3% in December, which is good news. My guess is this latest rate hike is going to help further drop that inflationary rate. Yeah, that's correct. I think we've seen the number. I believe when the inflation rate number came out, we saw the biggest drop since April of 2020. So it's all moving in the right direction. And there's lots of talks of the big R word recession right now, too, which is almost what the intended consequence is of this, which means people spend less money. Um, And we all know when uh, our house prices go down and interest rates go up, we definitely don't feel richer out there. Uh, And when we don't feel richer, we don't spend money. So all these things have all the intended consequences that they were hoping for. So I'm hoping this is the last one, Rick. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Brian Hogman is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. He's the principal broker and founder of Mission 35 Mortgages. You can check out his team online at mission35mortgages.com. I'm sure you've been asked a ton about variable versus fixed rate mortgages and what homeowners should be doing. What's your recommendation at this point in time? Uh, great question, Rick. Definitely get a second opinion on the rate. Okay. Now the variable rate right now, there is no premium. Normally you are rewarded with a risk premium to take a variable rate. If you're taking risk, you should be rewarded. In this case right now, there is no premium. There is no benefit to take a variable rate in this market right now. One thing I w- uh, we're cautioning people on because last time we spoke one, two, three year terms were a very good option. The bond market has shown that the market is anticipating rate drops, and that's why five-year fixed, they've dipped below 5% right now. They're almost, they're almost one to one and a half points cheaper than the variable right now. So all that is to say it's not a terrible idea right now to look into a longer-term mortgage fixed if a big if, if it suits your goals, if you can afford it, if you plan on staying in the house because a longer term mortgage does carry a bigger penalty, 
But if it's in line with your goals, you're going to stay with the house. It's not a bad option to look at some of those fixed terms right now. I'm sure there's many homeowners who are in a variable rate mortgage right now and thinking, all right, when, when do I lock in? And they might be thinking, geez, if there's going to be a recession sometime this year, maybe that's the time to lock in because the rate will be better. Is that is that a good frame of mind to be in? Um, I think it's always difficult when we try to time the market. And I think everybody's situation is a little bit different. So I think, you know, if you're feeling the pinch and feeling the pain right now, and you know, you know, you want to stay in your house, talk to someone about locking in the mortgage right now. It's good to know your options. And one thing I just as a cautionary tale, I got a phone call from a major bank the other day, because I have a couple variable rate mortgages as well. Please, please, please do not be afraid of what the banks end up telling you. The person on the phone call said, Brian, I asked, what should I do? And they said, Brian, interest rates went up to 22% in the 1980s. And I said, is that going to happen today? (laughs) And I couldn't believe, Rick, that was their script. So all that to say is, listen, if you're getting phone calls about renewing, get a second opinion. Please do yourself a favor. Find out, get a second opinion, because there's a lot of information out there and you need to make sure you filter through it and get the right information. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Brian Hogman, Principal Broker, Founder, Mission 35 Mortgages, online at mission35mortgages.com. Also the author of How to Get Mortgage-Free Really Effing Fast. Any idea on when rates might come down? Are we thinking 2024, 2025? And when I say down, I don't know, maybe in the 4% range? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what? I don't know about the 4% rate. Well, you know what? We're seeing some five-year money. We saw one if you're buying a house right now at 4.4%. My prediction, again, it's worth probably the napkin it's written on right now, but I would <laughs> say you're looking at ideally by the end of 2023, we see some rates drop. Typically in these situations, rates peak, they stay for maybe four to five months and then drop. So hopefully we see some of that towards the end of this year. So we could potentially be seeing a lot more people say, you know what, I'll take a one-year fixed rate. Correct. We could see that. The one thing I'll caution on that too is there's another offsee. That's one of the bank's regulators are looking at tightening mortgage rules. Hmm. So if you do take a shorter term, just be careful because in order to requalify a year or two years from now into maybe a different mortgage may be more difficult. So that's one thing just to consider when you're taking a one or two year term right now. That is a great point and great tips and advice from Brian Hogman, principal broker and founder Mission 35 Mortgages. Brian, thanks for the time. Enjoy the day. Thanks, Ricky, too. Uh, Brian's also the author of How to Get Mortgage Free Really Effing Fast. And I'm changing one word in that book title. I'm, I'm being very truthful on that. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. The Canadian Olympic Committee's official talent search, it's called RBC Training Ground, is coming back to Hamilton this Saturday. It goes from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. at the David Braley Athletic Center at McMaster University. And a Hamilton sports icon is helping out. By the way, you can register at rbctrainingground.ca. Sarah Nurse is going to be there. Yes, the two-time Olympic medalist, a RBC Training Ground ambassador. And Sarah joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Sarah, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. What's happening on Saturday? 
Yeah. So on Saturday, we're headed to McMaster and RBC Training Ground is putting together one of their events. Um, it's a pre preliminary event uh, before the national final to basically identify young talent uh, who have Olympic potential. So um, when you register, if your age is 14 to 25, when you register on rbctrainingground.ca, you get to come to the event and test out all your skills through different uh, fitness tests to test power, endurance and speed and strength. Um, to be potentially identified by one of the national sport organizations in Canada. So what you're telling me is at 48 years of age, I'm ineligible to showcase my speed and power and strength. Yeah, you just missed the cutoff, ah. but that doesn't mean you can't come and cheer all the young athletes on. <laughs> I will certainly do that. Now, th this is the eighth year of this program, and we're seeing some athletes not only, uh, you know, showcase their talent, but they're going to the Olympics and they're winning medals. Yeah, it, it's such a cool program that just has proven results and shows that it works. And I was able to go to the national final this past year in Ottawa with uh, some of the athletes who have come through the program. And it's just crazy because um, like an athlete like Kelsey Mitchell, who just won a gold medal, um, she had never tried her sport, which is cycling, before going to training ground and being identified. And then here she is four or five years later winning a gold medal at the Olympics. And so it just shows that like it's never too late to get into sport. There are always opportunities. And I think the fact that RBC is able to put this on and help fund young athletes to really support their dreams is absolutely incredible. How has sport and how has competed at the highest level in your sport and at the Olympics, how has that changed your life? It's honestly such an honor and a privilege, obviously, to represent your country. There's there's really no greater honor. And it brings me back to when I was just a young kid who I had all these hopes and dreams. And so the fact that I've been able to go to the highest stage and, and play at the highest level means so much to me. And obviously through the support of my family, my friends and, and different programs um, have really enabled me to be able to do that. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Sarah Nurse, Hamilton hockey superstar, two-time Olympic medalist, and an ambassador with the RBC Training Ground. They are hosting a talent search, basically, for the Canadian Olympic Committee this Saturday at the David Braley Athletic Center at McMaster University, Saturday from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. If you have a son or a daughter or a grandchild who's interested in, who knows, one day becoming an Olympic superstar, you can register at rbctrainingground.ca. Sarah, you're on the cover of NHL 23, the video game. I have to ask you, how many copies do you have of this game? <laughs> I actually got a couple sent to me, so I have four in my living room <laughs> right now, but they're definitely going out to uh, my brothers. My brothers have been waiting for a code, so uh, it, it was such a cool opportunity, such a cool thing, and to be able to be um, kind of show women in, in a position of power on, you know, a global video game is such a privilege and um, something that has been so impactful in so many ways. Have you played the game and are you any good? <laughs> I have played the game. I definitely, there's room for improvement <laughs> for me. And so I'm working on it. <laughs> but it, I was like a huge game player when I was younger. My brothers absolutely love, like every time I go to my brother's house, he is on this game. And so um, it, it's honestly so cool. But my skills are improving slowly but surely. Do you get to play as yourself in the game? I've never played as myself. I don't know if that's weird or not, but I've never actually played by myself. But I have watched myself being played in the game, which wow. is actually pretty cool. So yeah. is, is your avatar in the game? Is it uh, I mean, or do you do you like it? Is it uh, passable? Is is she a good player? 
She looks really, really good. Um, <laughs> and I think her skills are representative of mine, which is pretty cool. But I was actually like so pleasantly surprised at how much um, she looked like me. Because I remember like as a kid growing up, I always wanted to like customize a player that like somewhat looked like me. And of course, they didn't really have long hair or mm-hmm. ponytails. And it was a little bit more masculine looking. So the fact that there are women in the game, the fact that there's somebody who looks like me in the game um, is something that's so, so cool. It is awesome. Circling back to what happening Saturday. We have about a minute. What's your advice for someone out there right now who might be listening, thinking, wow, I can do this. What tips and advice do you have for them? Yeah, I think that the opportunities really are endless and sport can offer so many opportunities, you know, scholarship, mentorship, um, skill development, you get to meet so many people and, and build connections. And um, I hope this environment doesn't seem intimidating because, again, there are so many opportunities and the training ground does such a great job at connecting young athletes with um, potential. And even if you don't have that potential, it's so fun to be around. It's so fun to have that experience and just push yourself outside of your comfort zone. So I would just advise to just be fearless and be unapologetically yourself and, and don't be afraid to try new things. Great thoughts. Sarah, always appreciate your time. Thanks for this, and good luck down the road. Thank you so much. That is Sarah Nurse, Hamilton hockey icon, two-time Olympic medalist, and an ambassador for the RBC Training Ground, the official talent search for the Canadian Olympic Committee. If you are interested, have a child, a grandchild who just wants to have some fun and who knows, might be an Olympic champion one day, head out to the David Bradley Athletic Center at McMaster University, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday. Register online at rbctrainingground.ca. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.